ओम नमो भगवती वासुदेवा ओम नमो भगवती वासुदेवा ओम नमो भगवती वासुदेवा Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Chapter 86, which is titled Arjuna Kidnaps Subhadra. We're up to text number 18. I'll chant that one. There's no purport, but I'll talk about it a little bit. <laughs> Keep on going then. Uh, from there. Please uh, say after me. Naradaha, Naradaha, Vamadevaha, Patrihi, Krishnaha, Ramaha, Asita, Aruni, Aham, Brihaspati, Kanvaha, Maitreyaha, Chavana, Adayaha. Adayaha. This is really good because you're chanting the names of sages. <laughs> it's nice to chant this verse. Narado Vamadevotra Tri Krishna Ramo Sitora Ruri Ahambrahaspati Kanvo Maitreyas Chavanadayaha Narado Vamadevotri Krishna Ramo Sitoruni Ahambrihaspati Kanvo Maitreyas Chavanadayaha Narado Vamadevoti Narado Vamadevoti Krishna Ramo Sitoruni Ahambrihaspati Kanvo Maitreyas Chavanyadayaha
Sages Narada, Vamadev, and Atri. Krishna, Krishna Dvaipayana Vyasa. Ramaha, Lord Parashurama. Asitaha, Arunihi, Asita, and Aruni. Aham, I, Shukadev. Brihaspatihi, Kanvaha, Brihaspati and Kanva, Maitreyaha, Maitreya, Chavana, Chavana, Adayaha, and others. Translation Among these sages were Narada, Vamanadev, Atri, Krishna Dvaipayana Vyasa, Parashurama, Asita, Aruni, myself, Bihaspati, Kanva, Maitreya, and Shavara. Maum Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Prasthaya, Bhutale, Simati Bhaktivedanta, Swamiriti, Namane Namaste, Sarasatte, Deve, Gauravari, Pacharani, Nivisheisha, Srinivari, Paschacha, Deve, Sitarane. Om Mangyanam, Timuram, Dasyaganandana, Salakaya, Chaksur, Militum, Jainam, Tazman, Sri, Gurave, Namaha. Anshakalpatru, Yaschakrata, Sindhu, Vyeva, Chakatitanam, Pavanevyo, Vaishnavivyo, Namo, Namaha. So here, uh, we've learned in a previous text, uh, the, the Lord is on his way now uh, to Vaidya, uh, traveling very fast and with a crowd. And so he brought uh, along with him, this is the list of some of the sages, not all of them are mentioned, who came with him uh, on his chariot. Uh, um, uh, so it, it says in the previous verse, uh, renowned sages would ordinarily never consider traveling on such an opulent conveyance. Uh, because after all, this is Krishna Dwarka, so everything is very opulent. And his chari- chariot is a uh, you know luxury car, Rolls Royce of uh, chariots, and uh, but they didn't want to just go along with the Lord. They joined him. So here's the crowd. Uh, these are the days uh, where people like to be crowded together. <laughs> uh, Nowadays, uh, everyone likes to be alone, uh, but <laughs> at least uh, in those days, everyone liked to be always together. I guess very people don't like to be alone, only some of us, but anyway, generally, I mean, that was part of the renunciation was to be by yourself. You know, you go off in the forest and, and be alone, otherwise people were extremely social. So... Uh, here, uh, and Prabhupada said, you never find Krishna by himself. He's always in the association of devotees. Krishna means Krishna and his devotees. So here, 
and this is quite an exalted group of people here on this uh, chariot along with Krishna of course Narada Muni and and and, uh, they mention here uh, Vamadev so uh, uh, yeah I I don't know what he was doing anyway Vamadev is there um uh, uh, then it mentions Atri. Atri is one of the uh, seven sages, you know, the Saptarshis. Uh, uh, in Saptarshi Loka. Uh, and uh, we learn about him somewhat in Bhagavatam because he was the father of Tathatreya. Tathatreya Muni was praying to the Lord for benediction, but it was a little vague about who was God exactly, whether it was Brahma or Vishnu or Shiva. And prayed for a son, and so got one of the three. You know, Dattatreya is an Amsha of, uh, of Vishnu, and the other son was Durvasa, who is an Amsha of uh, Shiva, and Soma, who is an Amsha of Brahma. So got all three of them. So this is this is uh, uh, a three, uh, and then. Uh, but, uh, uh, then, then uh, Krishna here means Krishna Dwaipayana Vyasa, Lord Parashurama, who's seen that very, very long life. He's <laughs> showing up everywhere. <laughs> uh, 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 Lord Parashurama, uh, Asita. Uh, uh, there is a uh, Asita Devalarishi. No, that's his whole name, Sita Deva Rishi. Sometimes a Sita is a single, then there's another Rishi, Devala, the, the two. A Sita Devala Rishi is his full name of a, a Sita. Um, Aruni. Uh, I can't find much about Aruni, just mention that he's the son of Brahma. Uh, 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 and then he says, "Interesting, aham." <laughs> so he was there. Uh, uh, Shukadeva Goswami was an eyewitness to this event. He was on the. He was also uh, on that uh, on that chariot. And then Brihaspati, Saint Brihaspati, we know about uh, Kanva. Remember that that that, that Kanva is the. Uh, uh, one who uh, brought up Shakuntala. Then I got, had a had a child that was abandoned uh, because uh, Apsaras don't like children very much, <laughs> uh, and uh, and so uh, Kundi brought her up, and then of course uh, her daughter was Shakuntala. Uh, that was Kundi, and then. Uh, uh, then uh, Maitreya Rishi there's a great deal of the Bhagavatam uh, Maitreya Rishi is uh, hearing from Krishna Chavana Muni he was the one that was uh, there's a real interesting story love story involving, involving him where he was uh, uh, he's one of the sons of uh, of uh, Bhrigu and uh, he uh, 
in the ninth canto, the whole story of Chavana and Sukanya, where he was a very old man. Uh, Sukanya was out in the forest with friend, and she saw this little hole with a uh, poked the eyes out, and that was Chavana Muni who was living in a hole. And uh, and so. Uh, her father, the king, made an arrangement that she would be married to Chavanad, who was like old and decrepit and very grouchy. <laughs> and she famously put up with his grouchiness and then he got the benediction. The uh, Ashvini Kumaras came and practically had to, both of them, one on each arm, he was so decrepit, carry him into the waters and he came out young and beautiful and just like the so she got a nice husband in the end. Because <laughs> that's uh, some Chavana. Whether he was in his older or younger incarnation, <laughs> it's not mentioned here. His rejuvenated self or his old self. But he was on this. Uh, so just this is a, quite a scene here. The, the, whole, the whole scene where this, this, the Lord is traveling now. And he travels, of course, as they say, in state. Just like when the President of the United States is traveling to close all the traffic down to the whole line of cars and all that entourage. So similarly, he, he uh, uh, is traveling this way uh, with all these sages on the chariot with him. It's what a far out scene. So then let me, let me continue here. Let me read the next text, 19. Tatatatatamayantam paurajana. Padanripa Upatastu Sargya Hasta Rahaye Suryam Uditam. In every town, city and town, the Lord passed along the way, O King. The people came forward to worship him with offerings of Argya water in their hands, as if to worship the risen, risen sun surrounded by the planets. So then when they come, they would line up water like that there's a little purport here the sages traveling with Krishna on his chariot are likened to planets around the sun so you can see quite, quite a spectacle first of all to see the Lord and then to see him with all these sages uh, gathered around him that uh, was, was quite uh, quite, a, quite a scene here and next uh, uh, I'll skip reading the Sanskrit. It's just a list of names of places. <laughs> uh, the, uh, 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 the men and women of Anartha, Danva, Kurujangala, Kanka, Matsya, Panchala, Kunti, Madhu, Kekaya, Koshala, Arna, and many other kingdoms drank with their eyes the nectarian beauty of Lord Krishna's lotus-like face which was graced with generous smiles and affectionate glances. There's no purport but in the word for word uh, Anartha uh, is a region uh, where Dwarka is situated so that's sort of I think they're in, since he's coming from Dwarka they must be in order. Dhanva uh, which is translated here as uh, the desert of Gujarat and Rajasthan, still desert. <laughs> Danva, Kuru Jangala, the region of the Kuru forest. Uh, this is, says the districts of 
Kaneshwar and Kurukshetra, Kanka, just called Kanka. Matsya is the kingdom of Jaipur uh, and Aloyar. Panchala uh, says here the district surrounding both banks of the Ganges. Kunti, Malava. Uh, Madhu is Matra. Kekaya is northeast Punjab. The regions between the Shatadru and the Pasha rivers, Koshala, the ancient kingdom of Lord Ramachandra, is Koshala, from the northern border of Kashi to the Himalayas. Uh, Arna, the kingdom bordering Mithila on the east, and others. So that's the, the whole journey is there. And uh, wherever he goes, uh, everybody is. The uh, Mukha Sarojan is lotus face, uh, lotus like face, uh, which was uh, uh, Hasa Snigdha, uh, affectionate smiles and ikshana glances uh, as he passed. Uh, uh, the next text ha has a purport. We'll read text 21. Simply by glancing at those who came to see him, Lord Krishna, the spiritual master of the three worlds, delivered them from the blindness of materialism. And thus, as he thus endowed them with fearlessness and divine vision, he heard demigods and men singing his glories which purified the entire universe and destroyed all misfortune. Gradually, he reached Gdea. That's quite a nice verse here. Huh? Uh, the purport, Srila Jiva Goswami raises the logical question of how the ordinary people along the path could even see the Lord, since not only were their eyes covered by ignorance, but the Lord's chariot was traveling faster than the wind. Supplying the answer, Sri Jiva indicates that Lord Krishna's special glance of mercy empowered every one of them with the devotional purity required for entering into his association. Otherwise, he would have remained outside the scope of that power to see as he himself states in his instructions to Uddhava, Bhaktyaham Ekaya Graya. I am, can be perceived only by devotion. That's from Bhagavatam 11.14.21. By the grammatical rules of compound formation known as Ekashesha, the term Swavikshana Vinasta Tamisra Drikbhyaha although in its primary sense inflected as a masculine noun, may be understood in this context as referring to both men and women. That's the uh, interesting phrase there. Uh, uh, to them, Swavikshana uh, Vinasta, by his glance for them, uh, it destroyed the, the darkness. The glance of his eyes destroyed the darkness. By his looking at them, they could see him. Kind of interesting. So, simply by glancing at those who came to see him, delivered them from the blindness of materialism. So they, they, 
cannot see, if you're absorbed in matter, you cannot see Krishna. And if you see Krishna, then actually don't see matter the same way that it seems to the eyes of ignorance. It also reveals itself as Krishna's energy and pervaded by Krishna. And therefore, uh, uh, the way we see uh, is through the vision of a chincha veda veda tattva. Uh, nothing is different from Krishna, yet Krishna is different from everything. So when you see Krishna, there's only there's nothing but Sri Krishna. Prabhupada puts this two ways, this achincha veda, there's nothing but Sri Krishna, yet nothing is Sri Krishna save and except his own primeval personality. So the, ultimately, uh, uh, Brahman, Ekam Eva Advitiya Brahman. Brahman is that beside which there is no second fame. This is the non-duality. So the whole absolute truth that comprises Krishna and Krishna's energies. We don't deny the energies. It's not a second thing. Uh, yet there is, uh, there is concrete uh, differentiation. Uh, uh, I'm distracted by a huge flock of crows outside. <laughs> Amazing. Anyway. There they all are. They've come to hear class, I guess. <laughs> they're given the vision, they're hearing by the board. <laughs> anyway, they come. <laughs> so, yeah, there are concrete particulars, vishesha, savishesha. So there's uh, Krishna and Krishna's energies. So therefore he can do, he can change, Prabhupada said, matter to spirit and spirit to matter back and forth, no problem here. So here are these people who who's, uh, uh, don't see uh, the, uh, the, the act of sense gratification is the act of seeing things separate from Krishna. Seeing oneself is therefore the enjoyer rather than the enjoyed. And everything that belongs to Krishna is enjoyable by me. Basically, I made myself into the enjoyer of taking Krishna's place, so therefore I don't see the world as it actually is. That's what's called Maya. Uh, so here, uh, Krishna is able, uh, by looking at them, they can look at him. Actually, Prabhupada says one place, uh, we don't see anything without Krishna seeing it first. Uh, I mean, the, the act of sight, the Lord of sight, uh, is the sun. Uh, and so the sun is the deva of the eyes, of our powers of vision, and plus the sun illuminates things so that our vision can work. So the same sun is working both in the seer and the seen. So there's always three, <laughs> and all of them are controlled by, by Krishna. So actually, we can't see anything without Krishna's grace. That, that our power, I mean, it's amazing. Here we are sitting in this body, uh, and, and uh, uh, I'm able to see the world. How do, how do I do that? It's quite an amazing feat, actually. How do I pull it off? Well, I don't pull it off. Krishna pulls it off. Uh, 
and so actually Krishna consciousness means I'm always aware of the fact that even just to see even ordinary objects like these crows flying around outside, it's Krishna's mercy. It makes it happen. So I'm dependent upon, upon, upon Krishna uh, for carrying this out. So uh, Prabhupada also once said in the lecture, don't see a tree, see Krishna. So uh, I should be aware that not that the tree is God, but uh, Krishna, that the tree is a jiva, belongs to Krishna. Krishna put it there. It's not there for my enjoyment and my ability to see that tree is also granted by, uh, by, by Krishna. And that when I appreciate the tree, I should appreciate every, the tree in its whole context. That is to say, uh, Krishna is making it so beautiful and uh, has created it. To, you know, the tree is interesting. There are people, very, very brilliant people, who spend their whole life studying trees. I mean, if you, you know, go on, go Google it and see what happens, how much there is to know about trees. And if you become a biologist and you start studying trees and you spend your whole life just studying one little species of tree, and you don't, you're, it's amazing what they did, you know, you keep discovering more and more stuff about trees. That's how far out Krishna is. That even a whole intelligence of a brilliant person writing, uh, you know, hundreds of monographs over uh, his or her career, you know, becomes a big tree expert. Or just that famous biologist whose name just flew out of my head. At this my age now, proper names sprout rings and fly away like crows. <laughs> but uh, he... He was the expert on ants, and his major volume is like this big, you know, like like inches thick on ants. And he said that uh, uh, he had only begun to touch the, the subject. It's fascinating ants. You could spend your whole life fascinated by ants, and, and understand that there's so much more to be known. Uh, well. Just imagine how much more wonderful Krishna is if he pulled that off. Um, so, and then after all that, they, well, somehow it all comes from nothing. That's really an intellectual achievement to get yourself of that, you know. But, so the world is wonderful. You have to think how much more wonderful is that from which it comes. So, but, so how can they possibly not see this? That also takes divine power. I'm situated in everyone's heart, Krishna says, for me comes remembrance, knowledge, and forgetfulness. So it's by his power they forget. Why do they forget? Because they want to. His name is E.O. Wilson. Huh? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah that's right. He's got amazing powers, recall, on his little machine. <laughs> Our computer assisted. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so this is. Uh, he also wrote a book, a big book about his philosophy. What was it called? Wilson. There was the Ant Book, and then uh, Consilience or something like that. Was a name like that? I don't know about his general reflections on science. What uh, does consilience mean? How everything hangs together. 
but I don't know if I remember the name. Uh, and anyway, I didn't read it. So. <laughs> Yes, consilience. Consilience, yeah. Something yeah. dropped out of the <laughs> memory space. Uh, consilience, yeah, that's just... Uh, it's one of those books is on the list to read, you know. Like I've got shelves of books waiting to be read. The Bible says, of the making of many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Realize they're these books. <laughs> uh, uh, Prabhupada said that uh, you know, writing books about Krishna, there's no end to that either. And then he said Bhagavatam is just a tiny sample of the glories of Krishna. As he, Prabhupada writes that people were amazed uh, to hear that he was planning to write so many volumes of Bhagavatam, so many books. And he says there's so many books just describing this limited space, how much more to describe the Supreme Personality of God here? Huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, the, the, the point is here, very interestingly, how Krishna's special glance of mercy uh, that he's described, smiling on them in this way and looking at them very mercifully, enabled them to perceive him or to more correctly, recognize him. Because there can be uh, cognition without recognition or knowledge without acknowledgement. So actually, when Prabhupada was asked, uh, can you see Krishna? Prabhupada said, yes. And he said, there's never a time when I'm not seeing him. And you can see him too. Have you seen the sun? Have you seen the moon? So they have, have, we have all seen. But we cannot recognize. We cannot see him. So don't see a tree, see Krishna. That's actually seeing. Uh, so the, the, uh, uh, so our, our efforts in Krishna consciousness... Uh, to show Krishna, really, in one sense, it seems like we're trying. You know, we do certain things. For example, uh, our practices aim at freeing us from passion and ignorance. Those are two things that conceal Krishna most of all, the modes of ignorance and the modes of passion. They're destroyers of knowledge. Knowledge depends upon sattva, goodness, the mode of goodness is by which you can see things in the right way, hear things in the right way, and so describe that that, that way. But material goodness is goodness that there's some little bit of passion, there's some little bit of ignorance. Because Krishna situated, the spiritual situation is vishuddha sattva, uh, pure goodness. Uh, when uh, the world is created, there's, things are coming into being, things are maintained, things are being destroyed. So when things are coming into being, then the mode of passion is prominent. And when things are being destroyed, the mode of ignorance, tamagun, is prominent. And when the maintenance in the middle is the goodness. Things are being maintained. The spiritual world, Krishna's own proper realm, there's no coming into being, there's no going out of being. 
So that's Vishuddha Sattva. This world couldn't even exist if there weren't a little bit of Sattva <laughs> there, but then these, these other two modes come in, uh, and so things seem to come into being, and seems things to, to uh, go out of being. So that Sattva is bracketed, uh, and it's never, never really pure. And so we can see things. Uh, but, but as we advance in Krishna consciousness, what the, by, by taking up the practice of Krishna consciousness, uh, we should see that passion and ignorance decrease. We know the, the psychological symptoms of these things. Passion is hankerings, longings, desires. This is the mode of passion. Ignorance is laziness, apathy, uh, insanity, intoxication. These are all motives. Mo- those things should be going down. We should see that. And sattva should be increasing. So you can measure. You can, how am I doing? Uh, of course, if I'm really covered by the mode of ignorance, I think I'm doing great when I'm really a mess. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> But, but uh, for one who's advancing in Krishna consciousness, this should be the, the sign that the modes of passion and the modes of ignorance are decreasing. If they're not, we're doing something wrong. And of course, a lot of times, we don't want them to decrease. <laughs> that may be our problem. But, uh, but, but actually, the symptom of the mode of goodness is happiness. Uh, passion. Uh, and Prabhupada is mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, uh, commentary that uh, it used to be the standard of advancement of human society was the mode of goodness. Now the standard of advancement is the mode of uh, passion. And of course the result of the mode of passion is misery. So you can see what our advancement is going to lead to. The, 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 the fallout is misery because your desires just increase and nothing you ever do really satisfies them. It's not enough. I've worked so hard, I've done so much, I've gotten so much, and all we enjoy is a little mental happiness. I was a success. I have a legacy. I know that my name will be on some building in Washington, D.C. Wow. I mean, that's what this is all about? Just that? Never never quite does what you're looking for. The mode of passion. And the pursuit of fame is one, one, one of the symptoms of the mode of, of, of passion. So it's misery, and then misery, uh, then to get rid of that, uh, we take intoxicants and things like that. And so then the mode of uh, ignorance uh, comes in to, to block it out. Uh, yeah, so this is how people are. Are suffering. They don't understand uh, what is the standard of advancement or how to actually achieve any kind of happiness. And, uh, and as you result, of, uh, as you meet the results of the excesses of passion, then then uh, you just get more and more bewildered and, and uh, don't understand what to do. So this this. In the mode of goodness, one can at least begin to appreciate or begin to understand uh, divinity. 
you can begin to understand I'm not the body, I'm the spirit soul. So at least spirit can be understood. Not Krishna himself, uh, but at least Brahman becomes something that you can uh, have a sense of the existence of uh, eternal things, of your own eternal existence as a spirit soul. Uh, and maybe even that there's some all-pervading eternal thing there. Uh, and that's about as far as you go with the material mode of goodness. When the goodness becomes purified even more than super soul and Bhagavan. But that, at a certain point, it requires Krishna to reveal himself. Uh, you can, by mental speculation, come to understand something of Brahman. Then they get there, you know, they, they, they have an intuition. Uh, the ontological argument for the existence of God is an argument for Brahman. Uh, that, that uh, uh, yeah, people like uh, Schrodinger and, and, and uh, uh, he, Einstein, Einstein, I can believe in the God of Spinoza, which is essentially pantheism. Uh, somehow there's some divinity pervading everything. And I have some intuition, but that's about as far as you can get to. No, about Krishna requires Krishna revealing himself. And that's because what really goes on in spiritual practice is actually. Uh, Telling Krishna that we want a relationship. It's about it's about establishing a relationship with Krishna as a person. And then, uh, when Krishna is convinced we want that relationship, he gradually also shows himself. Even we have some special mercy, by the mercy of Srila Prabhupada. We also have Krishna in the deity form, Radha Madan Mohan. They're coming and showing themselves to us. But people will come in here and they'll see statues. That's all prettily decorated statues. They won't see Krishna. But for those whose eyes are becoming clearer, we can start to understand that here is Krishna in this form. Because Krishna and Krishna's name are the same. Krishna and Krishna's statue are the same. He's present in these ways. And uh, as we become pure and we get to establish a relationship with Krishna, even though we cannot appreciate it first, for example, Krishna and Krishna's name are the same. I say Krishna, everything should be there. But again, we start chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. We're in a relationship with Krishna, and gradually, as that purifies us, we begin to perceive uh, Krishna himself. And that's by Krishna's mercy. Oh, you want to have a relationship with me? You want to see me? Are you willing to get rid of all the garbage that you put in the way of seeing me so you can be the enjoyer and the competitor, have your own little God project go on? No, here I am. So in this way, uh, uh, we make spiritual progress. Uh, like these people here, they're giving some special mercy. They're eager to see him. They may even know Krishna's a big king or very interesting or really beautiful. He's present on the planet himself, they come out to see him so that some indication is there and then he allows them to see him even though he's traveling faster than the wind and uh, 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 
So his glad by his looking at us, we're able to look at him. So that's the, uh, how Krishna does it. And uh, we have all facility. It's just amazing how much facility we have. Uh, and and uh, uh, but Bhakti Thakur has referred to this causeless unwillingness to surrender. <laughs> it seems to be causeless. It's very deep. Uh, uh, so we, if we take advantage of this whole arrangement, of, uh, here we are today, Krishna is there, uh, Bhagavatam is here, the devotees are here, we have all facility, uh, so, uh, uh, and Krishna is glancing at us, you know, you think, Krishna glances there, we have the the same facility uh, as that time, even better actually, because we are coming uh, 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 after Lord Chaitanya, who's really done a wonderful thing. Uh, uh, you, re- you read in the Bengali literature, Chaitanya Charitamrita, Chaitanya Bhagavad, they always talk about the West, meaning Western India, as where people are really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Pascacha. <laughs> it's like uh, the, the, Mumbai. Huh? Mumbai. Yeah, Mumbai, yeah, all the Gujaratis. <laughs> they have a bad reputation in Bengal as being very nasty and fallen people. Uh, and so Prabhupada has expanded that to, yeah, the West means <laughs> everything. <laughs> Europe, America, <laughs> the greater West, where you are. Uh, have this fortune of also having the the uh, glance of uh, the glance of Krishna. So, uh, I'll stop. Any questions or comments? No. Yeah. Yeah, the darshan, when we say darshan, uh, which means see. Also, darshan is the word for philosophy, too. The sad darshan, the six darshans. That's also a way of seeing. It's a, it's a view. A world view, maybe, a view. The darshan is a view. So we come in front of here to see the Lord, his darshan. But also he's seeing us, that's the fact, pointing out. So there's a mutual seeing uh, uh, of each other and the establishment uh, of relationship. Uh, uh, so we have these things where we, we, we establish a relationship, we act in relationship, and then the relationship fructifies and develops. This is uh, about uh, this relationship uh, with, with with Krishna, uh, which uh, we are in the process of reestablishing, acting in that relationship, and then uh, fulfilling the relationship. It all comes from darshan. Here's a microphone. Mm-hmm.
it, it so often strikes people, intellectual people, as so sentimental. This idea of the, the person, the personality. You know, people become so opposed to, to that. Yeah, well, first of all, they have no notion of spiritual feelings. For the excessively cerebral people, feelings are all material. In some ways, they try to get away from feelings. Uh, 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 and uh, see them as some inferior form, you know, just sheer intellectuality. And, uh, but like the beauty in the more abstract sense of, I mean, mathematics is beautiful. I, I remember when I was in, in school and we learned Euclidean geometry, the main thing that it just thought it was so beautiful. But it's very austere <laughs> beauty, you know, abstract beauty. Because when you, when you deal with mathematics, you, you abstract from experience just regard to quantity uh, and numbers. But then it turns out to be beautiful. You know, so, uh, and in some ways, people are going to abstraction. Uh, that's the direction uh, of getting away from pain and suffering, and then you also get away from all feelings whatsoever. Uh, and so intellectual people, they, they, they think that that's the path of truth, is the atrophy of all affections. And of course, that is a path. That's what Brahman realization. That there are no uh, particular feelings or anything like that. So they don't have the idea that there can be spiritual feelings, and that spiritual feelings are more intense Yeah, because intense feelings on the material level usually get you into trouble one way or another. Uh, and uh, you get attached and then you suffer and you know, that's what happens. And, uh, and you get obsessed with feelings and you get, you know, fall in love with another person, become super, they don't like you and then you get a gun and you shoot your rival. Or, shoot the person who's rejected you and you know you get in trouble a big way by these strong feelings and and, uh, and there's whole Greek philosophies the Stoics you know the, the, you know, is to tolerate everything or even the Epicureans they're noted for, for sense enjoyment but there's but the Epicurean there's one to maximize pleasure but the other school, a little more clever, yeah, we want to ma maximize pleasure, but minimize pain. And then they end up being very austere. <laughs> so strong feelings are, 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 are dangerous in this way. And, uh, you, you like them, but they... And then, of course, uh, uh, usually the strongest feelings in the material world are uh, connected with sex desire, and then you get old and that doesn't work anymore and oh yeah, you're suffering sensory deprivation of various kinds. So what to do? So they want to get rid of strong feelings and, uh, and, uh, and uh, but that's a mistake because you, there's thinking, there's feeling and there's willing. There's these three things and that all, all these things 
our actions and our feelings and our thoughts can, can all be spiritual. That's impersonal. Yeah. They, they, they escape from the world and can do impersonalism. Uh, and that's not satisfactory because we are persons, essentially persons. It's not some artificial imposition. I met a woman yesterday, and she had heard from a, she had been a principal of a Catholic girls' school, very involved in Catholicism, and she now she defines herself as spiritual but not religious. And she met a Jesuit teacher who told her that Jesus is um, only a finger pointing to something higher. Yeah, that spiritual but not religious is a, is, a, is a mantra for a lot of people. And by spiritual, they mean sex. So by spiritual, they mean whatever it may be, you know. Uh, uh, people, people sometimes, they get, they, get, they get some kind of uh, pleasure that seems to be a little elevated. One guy described to me, yeah, when he goes out on the sailboat, you know, then he feels at one with the wind and the currents and all that stuff, and that's his idea of spiritual, you know, and, uh, uh, and that, that's his mode of worship. But this idea of the person just pointing to something higher yeah. than the same person. Yeah, or that Jesus is, yeah, like that, 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 that when the person, that, that, you know, that's not really Catholicism. I mean, Ultimately, although people can't figure it out, uh, when you say that, 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 that Godhead consists of three persons, you know, you're ultimately, uh, you're ultimately uh, uh, dealing with relationships that are ultimate. That's what it says, and it's a mystery, and nobody can figure it out. And people try to get beyond the Trinity to the, you know, the abstract essence of Godhead. Like some Christian Christian mystics try to try to do that. Uh, uh, yeah, just like when Saddam and I used to go deity shopping uh, uh, South Philadelphia and make our own DD outfits and stuff. One, one place we were in a, uh, there's this uh, guy we used to shop in his uh, cloth store. We, we'd go out in those days and nobody's and everything like that, you know. And the guy sees it that we're some kind of spiritual people and he says to me, kid, you want to know my philosophy of life? I didn't really ask him, but he called me <laughs> over and says, my philosophy is people stink. <laughs> and I looked at him, I looked at his face, uh, you know, what it looked like, and I realized when I looked at that face, yeah, you know, his partners, his business partners has cheated him, his sons and daughters hated him, his wife couldn't stand him, and uh, every, every relationship he had somehow or other ended up disappointed, and how can I ever explain to this person that God is a person, you know, just because people stink. That's his thing, you know. And the idea of any kind of salvation, if it's possible, would be that there are no people. And he hated himself too. You could see that also. He included himself among the stinkers. <laughs> so that's people's bad experience. You know, that people stink. 
we should try not to make people think that way. <laughs> People in positions of power, religious power, or political power, yeah, when, sure. they, when they abuse power, yeah. then, then people... Well, if you, if you look at all the problems, I, I mean, it, it's natural in the world that other people's powers of actions are different. And like, for example, you may not like power, you may feel power is abused, but you have a kid, suddenly you have power. Because the kid is a kid. You know, and people, people everywhere you go, people have more power over other people. And the, the real problem in the world is the abuse of power on all different kinds of levels. Uh, and, and, and how to use power correctly for the benefit of other people and not for exploitation or neglect. Uh, either commission, sins of commission, or sins of omission, <laughs> these are the, 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 the two, is very, very hard, hard to find. This year, sorry, this year in uh, Washington, they, they were doing a little roundup of the year, roundup of the year, and they were saying there were 100 homicides in D.C. this year, which is very high. But what they're seeing is a lot of them, um, inordinate number, are, are murders of children, um, dependents, like, you know, parents or caretakers killing dependent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 that's true. We were at uh, Saddam and I once at Children's Hospital. It's, who was at Saddam? You remember the doctor told us that some of the cases they get are uh, children that have been asphyxiated by gas because the parents wanted to party and that the children are awake. They would, right they would. They turn the turn the gas oven on without lighting it. Put them in the oven so they would be knocked out and go to sleep. And, and they leave them in there a little too long and they would die. Can you imagine? Huh? Where, where the parents are headed after that. Oh, I mean, the parents probably feel horrible too, but <laughs> that's what they did just because, you know, they didn't want the kids bothering them. And that's usually poor people, because if you're rich, you got babysitters, you got, you know, rooms where they can go and not bother you or whatever, but if you're poor, and then, you know, anyway. Yeah. That's just, that's the, people are selfish. Well, on that sad note, <laughs> thank you very much, Srila Prabhupada. <laughs>